The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome to our podcast. It is Thursday morning, July 14th, and we are so glad you're with us. Um, The weekend is coming quickly upon us, and we all look forward to that. Just a couple more days to go. And I'm glad you've taken some time today to let us be part of your day, whether that means you're watching this live or listening to this or watching this later. Either way, great privilege we have to be part of your day. And hope it's a help. This morning, Ephesians chapter 5. And um, every once in a while, when you study scripture, uh, you're going to recognize that there are a couple extremes when it comes to biblical teaching. There's a lot of correct truth about the grace of God, the love of God, the forgiveness of God, and all of that. But then you're going to find every once in a while, there's a list of things in scripture that uh, where God just doesn't pull any punches. And in this situation, the verses we're going to look at today are very much like that. When we come to Christ as a new Christian, that's what the book of Ephesians talks about, our identity, our life in Christ, the newness in Christ, and all of that, he takes a minute, actually we're going to do a couple episodes over this, about what it it looks like when we're new in, in the distinction. There is a belief out there that even if I'm saved, I can kind of go live anywhere I want to. And that's just not accurate. And I hope you understand where I'm going with this. There is the another extreme of that thinking, which I think is wrong as well. The other extreme is, well, I believe I go to church, I'm, I'm a Christian or whatever, so I need to have a list of things I don't do and all of these positions that I have been given by other people placed on myself that I need to run and do. This is, yes, there are decisions we make. There are things we need to stay away from. But I think what we need to catch on to is the fact that what we're looking at in these verses, the list of things we're going to look at the next minute or so, simply come down off the idea of when I'm in Christ and I'm growing, I should grow away from these things. We're never going to, you know, the Bible says there's no temptation taking you but what is common to man. There's going to be struggles and temptations in your life that were there before you got saved and are part of human nature. Uh, But there's also a part of us that is growing that stops us or helps us from not doing those things. So let's go ahead and unpack, look at these verses and unpack them to see what what God had Paul put in here for us. And then we can evaluate from there what it means for us. Let's go to verse number 3, Ephesians 5, verse 3. He tells us, But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints, becoming growing in Christ. Verse 4, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of God, of Christ and of God, or the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for he, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Now, verse 6 kind of gives you an understanding where it comes from. Let no man deceive you with empty words, or don't be deceived with fake preaching or things of that nature. Because of these things that were described in these verses comes the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. There is going to come a time when the decisions for people to get involved in the things, we'll look into detail in a second, but the things that we read, that lifestyle, there is a punishment coming. And our world is very anti-anybody saying no to any type of sexual life. They're very anti what we call to be a biblical life. A man get married to a woman and they live together and it stays that way. And all of the sexuality stays there. The world thinks we're crazy, thinks we're wrong, but yet I watch a world falling apart 
marriage is falling apart, kids growing up without parents, everything falling apart, and somehow they want to convince us that that's correct. It's not. And by the way, much of what we see today with the junk of the AIDS of the world is God's wrath. I mean, they ask for a certain lifestyle, they get a certain lifestyle, the consequence of that lifestyle comes. It's sad. It is extremely sad because they're looking for some level of happiness and some level of fulfillment, and it will never be found here. Satan has always driven us to these things, and they will never fulfill. They end up bringing more pain than what, than what we started with. So let's work through a couple of these things and find out what it is that God wants us, thinks we should stay away from or wants us to stay away from, and then we'll, we'll finish one important command in there. He says, these are the things we stay with. Verse 3 says, fornication, all uncleanness, and covetousness. Let not be once named among you to become a saint. Now, it's interesting. You get fornication and cleanness, dealing with sexual things, and then he comes to kind of covetousness. Why would you have those two things? Well, simply they come from the, main mind, the same mindset. Uh, getting involved in sexual immorality or covetousness are the same thing. I want something, and it doesn't really matter who I hurt or whether it's right or wrong. I'm going to get fulfill what I want. They're very selfish, self-centered sins that drive us to do things we should not do. Now, we're the idea, here's a battle with this, if we don't understand what this is saying. This doesn't mean that I will never battle with these things, and it doesn't mean that part of me won't want to do it. Right? You understand, when I grow in Christ, I'm going to grow beyond these. There will always be a, a human nature for some of these things, the things we battle with. The human nature, though, without Christ, runs towards these things. The, and, and brags on it and criticizes anybody who would disagree with them. The saved world has the Holy Spirit, begins to recognize the emptiness of this, and is growing away from these things. So as a Christian, if I am constantly, or if I believe to be a Christian, but I'm constantly running back to this lifestyle, there's no desire to get away, there's no conviction to get away, there's no desire to grow beyond this, then I need to begin to wonder why. I'm never going to stop wanting some of these things. We're still human. But I'm going to mature beyond it. I'm going to grow beyond it. I am going to have a lifestyle that is different and unique to the world, and it should be because I have the Holy Spirit and it's growing in me. So those, those lifestyles should not be named. Then he says in verse 4, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting. Now this is extremely filthy conversa uh, conversation. Someone a while back, I heard someone talk about the idea of jesting is, well, just silly talk or light jokes. I, the, I, literally, you can, if you take this too far, and where it's not intended to be, and you listen to the wrong person, you can say you can never laugh, all right? You can never laugh, you can never joke, you can never have a conversation that's not super serious, you can never just have a light conversation. That's not at all what this passage is saying, all right? That's saying we can't laugh and joke and listen to humor. The Bible tells a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Humor's part of life, it's good, God gave it to us. Right? What we're saying here is that we're using filthy talking, filthiness, that our conversation is filthy. I was reading in a commentator this morning, Warren Wearsby, and he made a really good point. You can tell the character of a man by the things that make him laugh and the things that make him cry. And when we, when we hear fell from the world and we laugh at it, we wonder why. As we grow in Christ, now here's the thing, if I'm, if I'm saved and truly growing in Christ and in, in the Word of God and in church and trying to grow, those things will still be part of my life, but as a new person, as a new creature growing in Christ, I will, as Paul says in Romans, I am transformed by the renewing of my mind. I will grow in this, the things of the world, while I understand why at one point I found them humorous, will no longer be part of who I am. I, I will grow beyond that. I will find those things filthy as they are. Right, so now here's, here's, the, here's the battle we run into. All right, so now today I need to do everything I can to find these things filthy. It, we're still seeing it wrong. My job, one, he is telling us to stay away from these things. So it's a decision to, stay, to make. But here's, here's something I want us to read. 
Um, verse 5, For this know also, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. I want you to catch this. He lists a list of these people, and he says they have no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. That's a scary thought. And don't try to water this down. I, heard one, I read one guy this morning, he says, you get to heaven, but you don't, won't receive any rewards. I don't believe it's what it's saying. You will have no inheritance. In Galatians uh, 5.2, a very similar passage is being said, and you will not be able to enter the kingdom of God. This is one of those proofs of salvation. Proof of salvation is not that I will not battle these things, not that there aren't saved Christians cheating on their spouses or living in this kind of sin. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying we should be growing towards it, growing from this. We should at least recognize in our heart that what's wrong and the Holy Spirit convicting us, those things should be part of life. But if we live a life where this is our lifestyle and there's no growth, you can't be saved without some level of growth. It's really what's being said here. If your lifestyle depicts the world and it's no different in the world and you're, there's no growth away from the world at all, why? That's really what it comes down to. If my lifestyle is just like it was before I came to Jesus or just like the unsaved and there's no growth, there's no change, there's nothing bringing me closer to Christ and away from the world, then I have to wonder why. And, and generally speaking, you're probably not saved. Please remember a couple of things. Just saying of prayer does not bring salvation. You must acknowledge who Jesus is, receive conviction, acknowledge and recognize this, repent of your sin and turn to Jesus. And it's it just done. That's all done through a prayer. I hope you understand that. But we can make it, you know, well, I said a prayer and I'm going to heaven. No, it's not, salvation's not a tradition. It's a heart change that repents and turns and calls upon God with belief. And I give my life to Christ and I begin to grow in him. That's salvation. Right? Now, I don't want you to think, you know, if I have a couple sins, I'm not saved. Again, please don't go the other extreme. We're talking about a lifestyle. My lifestyle has not changed, and I'm just following the world. That makes me wonder why. So think about that. Pray about that. Again, the battles in our life, Paul states those battles are always there. But this is different. This is not battles. This is not. I like what one guy said. If you go to 1 John 1 9, he says that, um, you know, anyone who says he has no sin is a liar. So we all have sin. Uh, here's the thing. Are we struggling with it? And I don't mean we're doing it. What I mean is when we sin, is there a struggle? Is there a battle? Here's an interesting way to look at it. I'm going to sin, but if there's conviction, there's a battle, that's probably proof that I'm saved. But if I can live in that sin and there's no conviction, there's no problem, and I just, whatever, and there's probably no Holy Spirit, well, then, then let's, take, let's look into this. Let's find a way to look, see what the Bible says, and get that right. Get saved. Uh, but please understand, this is not, hey, I said a prayer and my life is fine. This is me putting my faith in God and making a change. And God then will begin to change me from the inside out. If there's no change taking place from the inside out, then I wonder why. I wish I could say that we stop battling a sin. Because just before 1 John 1, 9, when we're told to confess our sins, he says, if we claim that we have no sin, we are a liar. We always will sin. There's a difference between sinning and a lifestyle that is not growing at all in Christ, and that's what we're looking at today. So if you wonder, we'd love a chance to maybe answer some questions for you. Either email us a question and we can chat with you. Go to our website. You can send us a contact form or uh, call our church. Our, our information's on our website at bensalembaptist.org. I'd love a chance to answer your questions, and uh, we can look through and see what the Bible says about this. Thanks so much today for giving me the opportunity. Again, this is one of those passages that are very straightforward, but that's, I appreciate that. I'm glad when God is straightforward and he's not putting it out there abstract. So we know, and I, he's clear. Heaven and hell, eternity is way too important to wonder, what am I truly saved? And this is one of those things that helps us to understand. We'll dig a little deeper in this tomorrow as we continue to talk about we were in darkness and we're not now, what that looks like. So we'll dig a little deeper in this tomorrow as we finish off the week together. So thanks for joining us today, and we hope you join us again tomorrow.